0: Welcome to another episode of the 19th ESC Every Soldier Counts podcast. I'm Major Javon Sarnes, 19th ESC Public Affairs Officer. The 19th ESC Every Soldier Counts podcast provides a platform for us to have thought-provoking conversations, share our stories, and be real with one another. On today's episode, I have with me Lieutenant Colonel Brian Covert and Sergeant Major Melanie Williams. Together, they're the force behind our amazing G1 team here at 19th ESC headquarters in South Korea
1: find American troops today, you find the men of the Transportation Corps.
2: Enough and on time. That's the story we tell you today. The story of the Army Quartermaster Corps. These youthful service men are
1: members of the Army's Military Police Corps. One of the most important forces behind the line.
2: The Army Ordnance Corps.
0: An assignment in Korea offers personnel and their families the opportunity to experience a unique, vibrant culture unlike anywhere else in the world. So there's a couple opportunities that we have within 19th ESC that I like for our audience to be aware of. Um, but first I'd like to understand and get our audience to understand what the G1
1: does and what an S1 function is for you all. So the G1 is the AG presence in any given, the G1 or S1 is the AG presence in any given organization. And we perform a couple of different functions in a couple of different lanes, okay. uh, but it's all in the same arena. It's all in under the the, the umbrella of human resources. Right. Our, our, our main thrust, the, the the reason for being as far as the Army's concerned uh, first and foremost is okay. to man the force. Right. So manning the force is a little bit more than just finding a body, putting the body into a specific job. Okay. Manning the force is finding the right body at the right point in their career progression right, and matching them against the needs of the unit in terms of the capabilities that the unit can deliver. Okay, What that means for the force is when you've got a well-manned unit, all of the capabilities that that force is supposed to be able to produce and deliver on the battlefield, okay. we can do because we've got the right folks in the right seats, not just 31 Jeez, Bravo, right e7 no 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 it's this individual has had this amount of career progression okay they're in this billet which is the next thing for them there's there's a there's a soldier component when we look at who we're putting where when the army looks at who who they're putting where part of it is what's next for this this soldier what's next for this nco uh that's the man the force so the the other thing that the one the g1 or s1 does for an organization is the part that Everybody else that's not AG is familiar with, and that's processing all of the essential personnel that's services. Necessary. So when you guys want to take leave, that's when you <laughs> that that's the thing you know about the S one. Right, leave right. leave awards pay. You, you guys know us from that. What exactly. you don't know is before you ever showed up, before you ever got to your organization, uh, we were looking at you and we were looking at the person to your left and right, and going, "Is this the right fit for them? Right. What's next for them?" And uh, and. Who who comes in behind them? Who do we who do we get to replace Major Starnes exactly when he progresses to his next gig?
0: Right. So, in finding the correct personnel in that exact moment in their career for the right job, what are some of the tools that you all have at at use for you to kind of pick through, sift
1: through, or choose those quality candidates? Well, it 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 depends. That depends. Right. Uh, there are multiple systems depending okay. on whether you're looking at officers or enlisted personnel. Right. Um, and they work a little bit differently. Okay. Uh, on the officer side, we we use a series of tools to forecast when we're going to have a vacancy. Right. Once we've identified a vacancy, we that that then goes out to the force at large. I'm not going to nerd out on AG yeah, stuff, yeah. but <laughs> yeah, I, I could go on a while. <laughs> uh but folks at HRC uh branch managers and account managers look at 19th ESC they look at a or or any organization they look at a vacancy and they identify okay we need to fill this vacancy right what is it they build a requisition and then for officers that requisition through a series of processes ultimately shows up in what's called the aim, AIM to market yep you know it the yeah. aim to marketplace and that's where we rack and stack and, and choose mm-hmm. and it is as far as army systems go still relatively new okay um, we're we're a few years into it but uh this didn't exist 10 years ago yeah and it's a great opportunity for officers to identify not only what's next in terms of per career progression right uh but where is next in terms of career progression not okay. just i have to fill this billet but there are 20 different units in right. the army in this marketplace that have the billet i need that will exactly. get me to the next step in my career and one of those and if you're looking at us is going to be 19th esc and we'll 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 get into why why we're the unit of choice exactly so with that in mind when candidates
0: are in school or they're about to pcs their current assignment and they're looking in aim 2.0 and they may have a friend or a spouse or a family member in korea they've heard wonderful things about korea uh, the assignment of choice and they want to get in touch with the unit who are they able to reach out to? How can they contact you all? If they have a question about scheduling an interview uh, with the AIM process, um, what's the best way someone can reach the unit if they have any questions?
1: So there's a, there's a couple different answers to that question. I'm looking at Sergeant Major, so I don't <laughs> talk too much. There's a couple different ways to do that. On the officer side okay. in AIM, if you are the end user, if I'm a mover in AIM and I'm looking for my next assignment, right. as I'm going through and I'm racking and stacking, there are tabs and when you get to the job description tab, it will have incumbent. Okay. And usually an email and sometimes a phone number, ideally. All right. That's the one that's doing the job that you're looking at. Okay. So that's 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 Starnes, that's right. the PAO. Okay. And if you want to know what his day to day is like, you reach out to the incumbent. Gotcha. Which I would recommend. My job is not up right now, so do not try to apply for my public affairs job. Go ahead, sir. Then there'll be a POC. Okay. Usually that's gonna be the S1 or G1, or ideally, it is the individual that's going to be conducting the interviews, usually your rater or your senior rater for that job. It's going to be okay. one of those, typically one of those three things. Okay. You're going to want to reach out to them immediately as soon as you've identified, hey, i, I like the look of this job. Right, right. I think it's a good fit because AIM is, uh, it's a, it's, it's a, beast it's a seller. It's a seller's market <laughs> and you're up against everybody else. They've got the jobs you want. If you want that job, you have to be aggressive, you have to go get that interview as quickly as possible. Right. And that's where building your resume so that you, you know, you look good from yeah. the moment they start talking to you. Exactly. And then when you, when you get the interview, sell, sell, sell.
0: Yeah, it's a job interview. So I had to go through the same process. Uh, when I actually applied for this position, I reached out, like you said, I saw the incumbent, I saw the point of contact information, I reached out scheduled an interview. And um, I ultimately, was lined up with um, one for one. However, I understood the popularity because also on that screen, you see the jobs that everybody want, the locations that everybody wants to go to. Um, And then you also see on the opposite end of the spectrum where people tend to not want to go, but there may be jobs available that will potentially uh, project their career to the next level, i.e., KD assignments, things of that nature. So I understand it from the officer's perspective, but when it comes to the NCOs um, or warrant officers, um, what's your take on that Sergeant Major? How how are they able to kind of propel their career or get to the next duty station if it's in Korea, specifically with 19th ESC?
2: So I'll speak on the enlisted side sir, because the officers will go through the same okay. AIM process. Um, so for enlisted, they have the EMC cycles so an assignment okay. cycle um, similar to AIM, however, it's a little different. So if a soldier wants to come to 19th to Korea, they have to preference, um, Korea, um, and not specifically 19th, but, um, it's, it's the actual location. Okay. And then, um, branch manager or the account manager will align them, um, depending on their move availability to that um, particular assignment. Now when they're identified to come to Korea, then we have the sponsorship process okay, where, um, specific individuals from the unit, will reach out to that soldier and start talking about job location, right. you know, kind of um, help that transition as that.
0: they prepare to mm-hmm. move to Korea. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when it comes to identifying, um, who, what positions are available in the different MOS's, uh, could you all speak to the type of MOS positions that are available within our umbrella for 19th ESC?
1: 19th ESC is, is a support element. Okay. We obviously have, all of the support functions uh like now that i'm thinking through it literally i can't can't think of any support functions that we don't maintain at least on a one-off level exactly when i got here this is my first time in a support unit okay um i've i've and it's been a a learning experience i've got a lot of time in force com elements and maneuver elements right and i went oh yeah, yeah yeah support yeah they. Those are the guys that show up and test yeah. our stuff. I had no <laughs> Beans idea and bullets. what what is involved, and man, it's it's cool and it's a heavy lift. <laughs> um, there is a lot of work that goes on in this organization. If you're a supporter, okay, we have a job for you, right? Um, specifically, if you're an MP, okay, we have a we have a job for you. Not only do we have a job for you. We have career progression for you, right? So the beauty part of this organization, the beauty, the beautiful thing about 19th ESC, is we cover the entire pen. We do. We cover. We cover actually a big chunk of the 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 indo PACOM region. We've got elements all over the place, <laughs> uh, specifically on the Korean Peninsula. If you're a junior NCO or okay. or, or first-term mm-hmm. enlisted soldier. Okay. There are multiple opportunities in any of our subordinate organizations for you to progress. And if you do it right, if you apply yourself, you can progress pretty quickly. There is a good opportunity here.
0: That is true. I remember this was my first assignment when I came into the Army. So I was a second lieutenant, uh, Lieutenant Starnes assigned to the 25th Transportation Battalion. And my first position was actually within the S3. So as a second lieutenant, I was running current operations for a battalion. Um, so the, the one-off that you're speaking of, I actually personally dealt with it. Um, so, you know, is it two-up, one-down, that you can basically work. And working in Korea provides an opportunity basically for you to establish and learn. You'll be able to work with um, our partners and alliances. At the same time, you'll grow and make a name for yourself. So with that said, I was able to establish a a specific work environment and cultivate that with mentors, things of that nature, and people who helped and align my goals with my career plans. And then once you get to a certain level, you can choose to extend. Um, Now, back then, there was a thing called AIP. Mm -hmm. Um, Is that still around and can personnel apply for that? Yes, sir. And how does that work or what is what are the benefits of using the AIP
1: program for those that don't don't understand? What is the acronym? So the assignment incentive program okay. provides a monetary benefit to extending in Korea. Okay. There is a specific list of shortage MOSs, right. Um, and that list is constantly shifting okay. based on what the shortages are at any given time. Really, mm-hmm. it is. Um, okay. And and I'm not going to go over the entire list. Right. But right now we have uh, we have opportunities for 31 bravos. Mm-hmm. Okay. We, 88 novembers. 88 novembers. Uh, 31 echoes. Yes. Is is on the list. And I thought I saw 89 bravos. 89 bravos. 80, 80, and wait, 89 bravos. For, for those of you that don't know what those are, that's the, the those are, uh, let's see. The
2: 31 Bravos are the military police. Okay. Um, they're looking for seniors on the AIP list. Really? They have the Sergeant First Class. One okay. On there. And then we have the A9 Bravos, the ammunition specialist. Okay. 88 November is the transportation coordinators.
0: Those are the ones I worked with at Transportation Battalion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when I was in the Aviation Brigade, the 89 Bravo's dealt with the ammunition for the helicopters or moving class five ammunition, army terminology mm-hmm. uh, around the peninsula. Was, that, was there another MOS um, or was that on the officer side? I think that was on the officer side that we had. But um, I remember when I was working with that battalion specifically here in Korea, we were able to work with and coordinate with local companies. So specifically in the transportation world, Um, Dealing with CoRail was a a business that we had to meet with on a certain basis to kind of establish and maintain that relationship with. So as a second lieutenant, I was able to go to a company headquarters and be the only green suitor within that building at an important VIP type meeting with their CEO. Um, That's something that I think is a unique experience to South Korea that um, I don't think many would get if they were to pursue a, a
1: duty station elsewhere. So not only is that unique to Korea, there are there are things you will do in the 19th ESC that are unique to this organization across the Army. Okay. So we have an element called the KSC, the Korean Service Corps. Correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. The KSC, this that's a whole another podcast. <laughs> the KSC is an element that has existed since since the Korean War. That is, comp- and I don't know if you guys have touched on this on podcast, on any other podcast, but it's fascinating. It is. It's really it is. It is comprised of civilians that are contracted. They are a paramilitary structure. Okay. So we've got civilians that have a peace time, an armistice, and a contingency type mission. They 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 change very radically. Okay. And we work with them on a regular basis. Gotcha. So
0: what are some of the big changes or big things affecting Army personnel um, that we can look forward to uh, in the near future? IPSE. Hmm. IPSE. What that is, is. IPSE? I've been hearing that a lot and there's training needed. Uh, could you kind of explain a little about just a brief overview, uh, hitting the wave tops? what IPSE is?
2: All right. So I, I know a podcast already happened about IPSE, I think, last year with also G1 personnel, but it stands for Integrated Personnel and Pay System, okay. Army. Um, so it's essentially our new HR system. So all our legacy systems that we used to use for manning the force, okay. um, everything, um, HR support, that's all gone. And we have transitioned to this new system. Um, it's from the top, from HRC down to the lowest, um, S1 level is using this new system and the users like yourself will have the opportunity to use the system starting on the 17th of this month.
0: Okay. okay. So you have, you heard it there, ladies and gentlemen, that is what IPSA is. Um, and you will be able to use it starting on the 17th of this month, January. Um, so Sergeant major, sir. Are there any other points that you'd like to point out for the, the, uh, listening audience when it comes to a G1
1: personnel, um, standpoint and perspective? So not so much from a G1 person, uh, perspective, but from a 19th ESC perspective, um, the, the, the message is that this is the best kept secret I've run into <laughs> in 32 years. I enlisted sure. 32 years ago and I've been to Korea previously. First time here, really? was, first time here with the military, um, the Korea that exists today right. is not the Korea that existed when I enlisted. Definitely not the Korea that I exist existed long ago <laughs> in the nineties, uh, but the, the country has changed so much in the last 22 it years, has. it's unrecognizable. And my family and I love being OCONUS. We were excited about this job. But what people don't realize is we're in Area 4. We're in Daegu. We are well south of Seoul, and it's a completely different environment. Um, we were talking earlier, and yeah. I mentioned the fact that my wife and kids were excited to come here because they love being OCONUS. My 12-year-old daughter, who's this tiny little thing and a social butterfly, loves being here because this is the only place that I've been on the planet with my family where I will let my 12-year-old daughter and her little 12-year-old friends go out the door, get on the subway. They got their phone, you get lost, you call dad, I'll come find (laughs) you, we'll figure it out. But I don't worry about them being out in the community, A, because Korea is a wonderfully welcoming Environment and Daegu in particular. Seoul's great, but it's a massive city of 25 million people. Daegu's got this cool balance of being a city of 2 million people. So there's everything my kids can and my wife and I want to do. Yeah. It's kind of got a small town vibe, yeah, and people are and... very welcoming and friendly. And it's a rare opportunity and a rare occurrence when I'm going to let my 12 year old daughter go yep. roam the streets with her <laughs> friends, go to the little selfie studios, go spend some of dad's money yeah. at, 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 <laughs> at Daiso and go eat food and, huh. and, and pop in before the, before the lights come on and not worry about what they're doing. That is, that is a good point. And I like to kind of uh, pause there for a
0: second because this is my family's third time being stationed in Korea and it's truly a blessing to be stationed here. This is a destination of choice. It's an assignment of choice um, people people love to come here on vacation, ju- not just for um, the things to do in Daegu, but there's also opportunities to travel all throughout South Korea. You have Seoul, uh, just about an hour, 50-minute train ride to the north of us. You have Busan, about a 50-minute train ride to the south. Um, wonderful location, lovely beaches there. There's an aquarium. The first time I saw a 4DX movie was here in South Korea. I don't know what that is. And for the ones who don't know what that is... Let me explain, so there's basically the seats move, they vibrate, there's wind, all the elements, right, are happening at the same time. So one time I took our our newborn daughter, uh, the first time I was here in Korea, second time in Korea, um, and an action sequence happened. So bad idea to take a baby to a 4D movie, (laughs) just putting that out there. However, she woke up in the middle of the action sequence, lights flashing, wind, and then I think it was like a water scene, so a mist splashed on her face. She screamed, we got out there as quick as possible, but the point is, there are you want, a lot, you want all the dad points, right? Out. There are a lot of things to do for families, um, and if you don't have your family, if you come unaccompanied, um, there are opportunities with the boss program. There is multiple opportunities to travel. They have like their mini Hawaii type island here, Jejudo, do uh, which is a wonderful location to go out and explore. So, with that said, I think uh, we kind of push the envelope to kind of open up. The perspective from the G1's pers- personnel side on the available positions here, how you can apply to join team 19 and at the same time open up your, expand your horizons and see what's out there when it comes to South Korea, specifically 19th ESC. Um, here we have opportunities for everyone. Um, so thank you all for spending your time with me to kind of elaborate and explain the opportunities that lie with 19th ESC. Um, Without further ado, I want to um, thank you as well, sir, for explaining everything when it comes to the personal side and your family and your daughter and and how um, you were able to, as a father, kind of relax a little bit and let your guard down because uh, you know coming from another father, that is hard to do. And I have two little girls of my own, so I know that is something that um that that doesn't come too easy, but. You felt relaxed enough, and thank you for sharing your stories with us. And I hope to see you all soon on another episode, possibly, of the 19th ESC Every Soldier Counts podcast. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the 19th ESC Every Soldier Counts podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe. You can find us on YouTube. You can stream everywhere that you can listen to your podcast. We have social media sites, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. So please subscribe, and remember, give us a thumbs up.